You're listening to the Night Demon Network. Go to nightdemon.net slash subscriber to unlock more exclusive content. the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Nesbitt. Today, we have an interview from the archives. This is Night Demon, The Lost Interview. So in 2016, Chris Kellis did an interview with Jarvis for a Japanese magazine called Heavy Metal Forces. The interview was never released until now, and it gives a good snapshot into where Night Demon was at the time. Here's Chris. Hey, Chris Kellis here from Raleigh, North Carolina. I've been a Night Demon fan for a bunch of years now. Actually, when I start to think about how long it's been, it's amazing how quickly the time seems to have gone. Because when Jarvis mentioned this interview, uh, we were chatting at Hell's Heroes this year, and uh, I dug up the audio file. I was a little bit startled to see that it was from six years ago. I'd first seen Night Demon in Chicago at Ragnarok or Metal Apocalypse in 2014, and that was pretty much all it took to get me on board the Night Demon train, as it were. And if you're listening to the podcast, you probably already know that their approach to touring can best be described as relentless. Uh, So I actually got to see them a bunch of times in the following years, and one of those tour stops in April 2016 just happened to be in Raleigh. So I offered up uh, the guest room in the basement in case the guys needed a place to crash, and that's how I ended up with Night Demon and Visigoth in the house for a few days. That also happened to coincide with the moments in time when I was collecting content for a Japanese zine called Heavy Metal Forces that I sometimes write for. Um, It's organized by my friend Shusato and some other good dudes in Japan, and it's an indie print sort of thing, so it's published in Japanese only, and it's got a a relatively inconsistent, um, I guess, release schedule, if you will. So to give you a sense of that, the first issue is published in 2000, and the one with Night Demon in it, and uh, also an interview with Satan later that same year, that was issue 10, and that was in 2017, and that remains the most recent issue, or the most current, or I guess the last one published. Uh, So anyway, the morning after the Raleigh show, I sat down with Jarvis, and we talked about his history and where Night Demon was at the moment and their plans and just all kinds of uh, other topics as they arose. Um, At this point, it kind of feels historical, like it's a snapshot of the band as where they were at that moment in time. Armand had already joined and they were still touring Curse of the Damned and that was catching on, it felt like, and they had yet to unleash darkness upon us all. Uh, I think it was Frost and Fire that fall that they previewed Stranger in the Room as the first taste of um, the Darkness Remains stuff. So, so this is very much a look at where uh, things were headed as it felt like the band was beginning to pick up some steam. So let's start there then. So okay. I mean, it's two weeks into this run, and this is Armand's first time with you guys, right? Yeah. So how's it all? Is it in the group now? No, um, almost. Yeah. I mean, there's still some things. You know, there's some things that you develop naturally over time, on stage mainly. Um, the cool thing about Armand is he's been with us from the beginning you know um, we actually when Brent and I started the band we asked him to be the drummer but he wasn't into it so uh, but uh, you know we, he recorded the first EP that we did you know, he engineered it and he, he mixed it and he helped Brent a lot with the solos on that record okay. um, he Produced what was supposed to be Curse of the Dam. We recorded that. Curse of the Dam's been recorded twice. So the first time we did it, it took a few months to do it. Okay. And it's like that. So those ended up being the demos, you know, ultimately. But right. but really the demos, which will come out later on an expanded edition, I'm sure. The production is like much bigger than it is on the record. I mean, there's a lot of tracks on there. There's keyboards. There's like multiple guitar tracks. We played to a click track. You know, it's it's like a very big album, but it was too big for us. You know, and and it lacked the vibe of the band. So it took. But it was fully finished. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's done. It's out there. (laughs) I mean, well, it's not out there, but you know, we had that. It's in a box somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. 
So, uh, you know, having him on board has been good. Like, like I said, he's been there. He's yeah. been there every step of the way. So he basically produced that record too, even though he didn't. You know, what you hear is not there. I mean, he was involved for months with yeah. with what we thought was going to be the album. But when we the finished product just didn't have. It didn't really have the vibe of, of Night Doom, just three guys, you know. Um, so what we did was we, you know, because we only had the four original songs. We were touring yeah. Europe, we were doing all this stuff before this other record came out. Um, we had to play a lot of those songs live before the record came out. Yeah. So we got more familiar with the songs at that point, and we went back and recorded the album in three days live you know I mean so that's awesome you got three months you got three months than the three days we were kind of like you know what um and you know we gave it we I remember we were at a meeting in Germany with our label and um we I I remembered like trying to you know talking to the guys ahead of time going okay how am I gonna how are we gonna tell these guys that we want to re-record this album and that's going to push it back five or six months, you know? And so we told them, and I remember our A&R guy, he put his head in his hands and he said, but then he said, he said, thank God. He says, I've been trying to find a way to tell you guys that I think you need to, you need to do this again. And I was like, oh, great. Sweet. Yeah, so we did it. Burden removed. Exactly. So we did it in three days when we got home. I sent him the master and I remember just getting an email back saying like, now this is rock and roll. This is like, this is what I'm talking about, you know? So, but it's cool. Like being familiar with Curse of the Dam, I think the fans are really going to enjoy these things, these demos when they come out, you know? And we have a lot of material. We have like jam space demos of all the songs as well. We have like stuff that I've done in my bedroom we have stuff with with the drummer before Dustin some of the songs we have with the first drummer there's three songs that we have a whole different session with that Armand recorded I mean so there's a lot of these songs from Curse of the Dam have been kicking around for a long time so are they different arrangements oh yeah I mean, like different arrangements keyboards and stuff but different yeah oh yeah different arrangements totally different recording sessions different alternate lyrics nice. so we have I mean eventually you know we want to kind of put out like a, a box set kind of thing of Curse of the Dam one of these days and it's gonna have I mean we probably we could probably put like you know 30-40 tracks on it <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so it's very awesome. cool though man yeah. it's very cool because it if you can hear the, you can hear all the different players that have been. I mean, we haven't had that many players in the band, but you can hear the, the evolution of the song. Yeah, yeah, that's always. Nice. Are there yeah. some that you wish you had kept like they were? Are you? Yes, yes, right now? You're like, yes. I like this. But yes, no, 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 no. There's some. There's some. Exactly. There's some <laughs> things that we do live now in certain songs that that were on the original, original, original versions. You know, like the end of. Uh, the end of um, Living Dangerous, we go into that that you know choppy part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very slow on the record, and like we listen back to the old demo, and we're oh man, that's so fast and it's so awesome. So we do that live now. Yeah, that's so. cool. Yeah. Adjustments as you yeah. Get, right? You know, you're never gonna. I mean, not never, but it's hard to make the perfect album in your own eyes. You know what I'm saying? Because. It's you're always your own worst critic, and like the thing about you know Armand records great and he produces a lot of bands, but on this newest record, you know he he didn't want to be at the controls at all because once you're doing that, it's like you're splitting your focus. You know he just wanted to be the guitar player. Yeah, I don't want to think about exactly. Knobs. And, and then you're never gonna you're never gonna finish it because you're always gonna be like, oh, I can tweak this and do that. You know, so it is like a good thing. Yeah. So is the new one. So you had all these the old forty tracks. That's yeah. all material. That's all these this set of songs, right? Yeah. Did you start from scratch for the next album? You like we yeah. you, you oh, didn't yeah. be like oh we got ten songs left. No no over. no we had we had all fresh. see that's the thing. Nineteen has never had any leftover songs. We've never written no a song. Never around. never. And you know the thing is the labels like in our contracts they want all these bonus tracks and stuff now, you know. And so we wrote it in in our contract that we'll never give them any original material for bonus tracks uh, unless the they want cover. exactly unless they want a demo or a live version. Yeah. We don't write throwaway songs. Yeah. If we feel like we're starting to write something mundane or mediocre, we don't even finish it. You know, we're just like, no, nah, that's a bad riff. Let's move on. You know, and kind of forget about it. Um, which is cool. You know, because I mean, I don't like a lot of like the last Priest record. You know, like it's got with the bonus tracks, you got like set total like seventeen original songs, and a lot of people thought that some of the bonus tracks were better than the right. album cuts. Yeah. And then what's the difference? You know, it's like you get the album with the bonus tracks, and it's kind of like the same record. Like when you write a record, you sequence it from beginning to end, and it takes you through this whole journey. And then to kind of uh, that's why I don't like the bonus track is because. 
like so you're listening to the album right and you get you get through your 10 songs and you're like wow that was cool and then there's just a there's randomness at the end yeah, and you're like uh yeah so we're, we'll see what happens with this next record but we're trying to renegotiate where we can do I don't want to do any bonus tracks on the LPs or CDs mm-hmm. and what we want to do is keep putting out like 7 inch singles throughout the life of the record like when we have a single and a video and then the B side of that will be will be something else you know but we're always we always do covers and like yeah. we we have you know four covers now that are actually recorded and in our catalog it's part of our catalog kind of like you know Metallica always did that you know and I they thought yeah and yeah. I thought it's great you know we play like songs that a lot of people don't even know are covers you know I mean unless you're a true you know diehard metal fan which a lot of our fans are but a lot of them aren't you yeah. know and it's cool because it's exposing them to bands like Riot and, and uh, Diamond Head and, and uh, Jaguar, Jaguar and you know stuff like that so but we're actually we are putting a, we did record a cover song for the next album that is actually part of the album because it's kind of oh. themed with it okay. so um, we're doing a we did a Black Sabbath's Turn Up the Night yeah so and it fits really good in the album awesome. you know yeah so um so that's that's my my theory on that, and then hopefully you know a few albums from now there'll be enough of that material where we can just put out a covers album based on. I would love to do. I hate to always make a Metallica comparison, but I would love to do what they did, which is you know you put out a double album and one album is like a bunch of new cover songs, and then the next one is the second disc is a compilation like of all what, this, yeah all the stuff you might have missed it, totally totally you know I'm, I'm all about that that's why it's hard I, I appreciate the collectability of some things like 7 inches and things like oh. that but I think like with the mixtape it's like also includes digital code for you people yeah. who just can't get away from having this be the place you get your tunes man so I, I love it though man I love all the all the different mediums all the different ways to get music I mean I'm cool with it and I love that tapes are back and records are, and vinyls back and CDs even have in this nostalgic resurgence now it's crazy and in Europe it's still CDs are huge and CDs still sell well for us here you know yeah. and I still like CDs I, I love I love CDs man I, 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 st- I love have something CDs. to hold yeah and just the quality of it and just being able to scan through stuff I mean I, I just CDs CDs are so cool so I like any way you can get it I mean we're down you know we'll put it out on any format that there is any way the listener wants to wants to check it out is good you know I think it's cool I just you know the, the mixtape. Where did that, that? Where did that even come from? It's just well, like a, it's a okay. weird compilation of like really cool bands. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it came out. It's like it's it's an NDO too, right? It's like a Night Demon O2. Is it like your sub label or you right? Just kinda... We started our own label when we got the rights back to the first EP. Okay. Because we wanted to start releasing it the way the package that we wanted it with the mastering we wanted to and just manufacture it and distribute it ourselves. You okay. Know? Um, because the reality is, you know, the record labels, they take a, I mean, they take a lot of money. We don't make money off selling records, not because they're not selling, it's because the cost to us is so high. So, okay. so, so for us to manufacture and, and distribute and sell them ourselves, it's, it's, it's a better, it's a better business move for us. Plus yeah. we can control how it's, how it's presented, you know? So we started our own label just to release our own back catalog. And that's okay. the sole intention. Then... You know, I started, it's kind of the same reason why I manage bands like Visigoth, because it's like you see these bands that are just marooned on this island, wherever they are, that are so great, and they just they just don't know what's going on, and they need to be exposed, they need an opportunity, you know, and I, I do stuff like that because I feel like I have to, not because I have time or want to, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I have to, it's just my, I feel like I have, somebody's got to do it, you know? yeah. um, but so the mixtape, fans would give us mixtapes on the road. Like, cause we 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 only rock cassettes in the van, so so we have a huge huge cassette collection, and people bring us cassettes to shows. But a lot of people started bringing us these mixtapes and like stuff from the '80s, you know. And so before the internet was around, you know, I used to do I used to make mixtapes back in the day, and I used to trade through guys that I met at record stores and trade overseas with people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I'd get like I'd have them, you know, bring in you know. Um, like copies of Sounds Magazine and stuff like that for me. Like they would always import this stuff for me at my local stores. And so we started getting these these old mixtapes on the road. And I like, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit, but like we, 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 we still find out about old bands that we should know about. We're like, how have we never heard of this band? <laughs> but so, like these mixtapes were great and they were like put together like in it's like art, you know? And, and uh, we got the idea, we're like, we need to do this. Yeah. You know, we need to put out a compilation first of all. 
that is a time capsule to what's happening today. Right we need now. to stamp heavy metal today because there is a movement that it is happening. And what better way to do with a with a mixtape? You know, just like um, the, in the same fashion that the old ones were. You know, so we have actually on the cassette in between the songs. I mean, the whole thing. We actually dubbed it. We. We, we took all these tracks that we got from these bands and from these labels and put them onto a cassette and then onto another cassette and then that goes to make the master cassette. So we actually made it like how cassettes are made, like, like on a dual deck. High speed double. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. We were plugging in VCRs and stuff because we were doing like movie samples. There's all this stuff in between the tapes that you can't get on the download, okay? Oh, sweet. So okay. listening to the tape is the real beauty of it. So there's all kinds of stuff in between and it's 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 just cool, you know? And, and uh, um I think it was, you know, we took it upon ourselves to, to really, to kind of just champion the, the scene, you know, like if, if, if there is no scene, you just got to create it, you know, and so all these bands, I mean, there is a scene, and it's worldwide, it's just small, and it's spread out, you know, so that's like us doing the mixtape, doing the festivals, stuff like that, I mean, we're, we're really just trying to make it better and bigger and, and expose it, you know, we're all about crossing over to other fans you know i'm not we're not metal snobs you know like us doing this tour with carcass i mean we we really want to expose that audience to what what we're doing you know because we've played with bands like that those extreme bands and you get like old older guys that like more extreme stuff these days that they see us and they're like oh this is awesome like yeah. I cut my teeth on this stuff I can relate to this and then you got these newer kids that are like what is this this is like a whole new thing their first favorite bands were already screaming at them yeah. so they're like okay this is heavy this, it's kind of fast but it's like melodic like what is this I you understand know? what he's saying exactly <laughs> right so so it's good you know yeah. so, so we're all about that we want to bring and that's just like us being on a major label like Sony. I mean, like, that's just the, what we are, you know? So it's like, we're okay with exposing what we... We're not changing what we do for the mainstream. No. We, but we need to educate people on what's going on. And, and these other great bands that are doing this and give them a chance. And, you know, I'm not going to take credit for this, but I noticed since we've been doing what we've been doing on the road a lot more of our peers are doing it. Like, a lot more people are like, hey, these guys can do it. Why can't we do it? And yeah. they can. And they do. And so it's good. There's a market for it now, and it's coming around, and it just keeps coming, and it's it's great. You know, I, I think it's wonderful. I mean, even a place like Raleigh, it's not a hub for, for traditional heavy metal, but you get enough of it now where it's like, you know, you'll, you'll get bands that come through and, and do it on, on every level. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing. So we're here, we're here to inspire. You know, I mean, we definitely compete on stage and on tours, and we are we do go out to win for sure. And on this tour, we're definitely we're de we definitely pride ourselves on being like a true headliner. Um, but it's all friendly competition. You know, we're really here to support everything. You know, when the when the tide rises, all all boats float higher. You know, it's you can't be the only guy there. You know, you have to. You have to facilitate things for other people too, yeah. you know. And like, it's it's strength in numbers, basically. You know, you can't have one band. You have to have a lot of great bands. Uh, you want to make a good package too. I mean, if you feel if you buy tickets yourself to a show, you're like, I want to see the third band, but the rest of them are just awful. Right. You know, right. that's not helping anybody. So it's I mean, not. This is a good lineup. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we really we really kind of try to focus on that. And it's hard too because when you get to do the things that we're that we're starting to do and have been doing. You know, there's always going to be lovers and haters. You know, yeah. and, and and you don't want to come across as like you're this. You have this hierarchy or this power or this kind of this this. You know, what you say is cool is cool. You know, but in a way, when you are doing stuff like that, you do have some kind of influence on the public, and you want to be represented correctly. And you you do want to take out bands that that you think are are worthy of that. Um, the thing with with metal is it's the it's got the greatest fans in the world, the most diehard fans. That's true. But you know, I'll be honest. In my opinion, like eighty eight percent of the bands are not good. In my opinion, like eighty eight percent. I think I can calculate it down to that. <laughs> yeah, like this is there's science. so many of them, and there's so many of them that just don't get it. Not that they won't, they just don't. Yeah. You know, so to be able to to travel the world and find the great ones and, and bring them out of the, out of their small hub and expose them on a on a global level is something that we're really 
proud of and we really like that's our main focus is that how Frost and Fire came about like all right, yeah because, I mean that's that's a huge commitment to like just logistically I can't imagine <laughs> oh, that. yeah. that's just like oh well gosh, you know I used to I've promoted a lot of shows man I mean back in the day I, I was doing a lot of stuff right when I was out of high school you know I, I dropped out of high school to tour and and I, uh, it was one of those things that I thought, oh, I'm gonna regret this, man. I'm gonna yeah. regret this. But I've never really looked back from it. I, I I left high school when I was 17, and I started touring with bands. And then I started I started promoting shows before I was 18. And when I was 18, I did that year. I did I brought Slayer to Ventura, uh, King Diamond. Uh, I think Merciful Fate also that year I brought on the Nine tour. Um, and you know I was doing stuff like this you know I was doing I was doing King Diamond I was doing Merciful Fate and you know I would have like three pay to play bands and still 200 people would be at these shows you know I would put King up in a crappy motel and you know he would be there all day working on the props and like be really hands on you know and uh, I learned a lot from guys like that you know and and how the scene had changed like there was no metal scene you know I did uh, a death show on the Perseverance tour and it was it was Hammerfall's first US tour and they were support, and I thought they were great. And um, you know, again, 200 people at the show maximum. You know, I was doing it in like a 1500 seat venue. Yeah. Um, those were dark times yeah, for metal, but hard. but you look at how the, you know people, how these guys all stuck to it, and they rode the the highs and lows. You know, and now they're yeah, they're on a high again. I think King Diamond is probably more popular than he ever has in his entire career. Um, yeah, and, he's and, come back. Yeah, I mean, and it's amazing. I mean, I know he's playing bigger venues than he ever really has in the states. I mean, it's it's, uh, but um, you know that that kind of gave me a big education, young on 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 how the business works and, and stuff like that, and, and how what it's like to be on the road and, and like really dedicate yourself to this kind of lifestyle. Here. Yeah. There's no rock star pension or anything like <laughs> no. that, you know. But but um, you know, it's not a glamorous lifestyle, but it's very rewarding, you know. Um, and then we meet people like yourself, you know, who like, I mean, this is just amazing. I mean, just like we're, we have, we see support, you know, and, and it's, and it's, it's good, man. Um, it's like, it's, I mean, you guys are doing it old school, right? You're going, you're in a van driving uh, yeah. around the country, but it's, it feels like it's almost like developing relationships, right? It's like, all oh, right, yeah. we're, we're making, this is a stop. That's a stop. I know a dude here, yeah. I know a band here uh -huh. that turns into something else. All of a sudden we're on the Raven bill. I mean, it feels right. like it's. I don't know if, if it's who you know is the way it works anymore. But you know, it feels like it's just always who you know. It's always who you is know. So strong. Yeah, it's always who you know. However, there's two things you always got to consider. Okay, one is nobody was born knowing people. Okay, <laughs> you have to network. <laughs> you have to meet people. You know, and the second thing is a great band will always rise to the top. A great band will always be discovered, especially with the tools that we have now. There's no way that that happens. Like great bands will always be known. Yeah. That's just it. You know, and they'll, and great bands will do what they have to do to get there. You know, so so that's it. I don't. I, I think a lot of people have a lot of excuses. You know, and we're about to do a tour with Anvil, and you know we've had public battles with those guys. You know, in in public over social media because. Mm -hmm. Those guys are a bunch of complainers, you know, and like, I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, they just are. And, and I think that, you know, they blame a lot of their problems on, you know, the industry and all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, you really have to look within, you know, and, and if, you know, I mean, those guys, they're, they've persevered, you know, I mean, they've done a lot of they're stuff. They never gave up, really. But I mean, I thought if, they, I, I, I know if they were a great band, then they would be recognized as one. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. So, so I mean, you really just, I think it's, I think just in life in general, it's the key is responsibility. You have to take responsibility for everything, you know. I mean, our booking agent dropped the ball on a lot of things on this tour, you know, and then, you know, I manage the support band and then Metal Blade wants to know what's going on. It's like, I can't go to them and say, oh, our booking agent, this and that. It's like, you know, I have to be like, hey, you know, I'm working on it. Here's, yeah. I'm, I'm, my apologies. I'm, don't worry. I will take care. I will make sure everything is handled. You know, you have to be responsible for everything that you do, no matter you know, I, I mean, ultimately, you know, I hired somebody, so it's my responsibility, right? Yeah. I mean, Some and it's, it's always, it but that's the thing, that's the thing, you know, a lot of people in, in, in the industry, it's always, you know, dog ate my homework, and it's like, you know, get a new dog, you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> redo the homework, I, I just, I just hate that stuff, you know, I, I don't like it, you know, 
and I've been with I've had the same struggle with band members in the past you know I mean, it's just it's all about personal responsibility once you can do that you can't lose you know then you start finding solutions you know like I like to I like to provide res- results not excuses I hate excuses yeah. it, it, they're just excuses don't exist you know I mean there's acts of God and stuff and there's stuff that happens but it's like if you really want something you can get it you know and it's all about your attitude because things happen see here's the thing a lot of people you know a lot of fans are like oh man they're always like you guys are doing so great and all these great things are happening to you and for you but what a lot of people don't understand is like there's been like three things in our career that have actually happened to us or for us like that we've been asked to do most everything we push for and make happen and we don't we never talk about the cool thing is in the band there's something to post on social media every day because that's all the that's how much great stuff we're doing however you know we never post about the bad stuff we never post about the car accidents the the breakdowns on the side of the road uh the canceled gigs you know we don't need to be negative like that like we don't need to air that stuff out publicly and i think a lot of people do that and they complain about it blah 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 you know a lot of people are doing kickstarters and crowdfunding and stuff like i'm i'm a fan of that stuff for independent ventures i'm all about it if you're doing something on your own and that's how you have to fund it and the fans want to get involved by all means I support that but if you're on a record label that's paying you to make a record and distributing it on a on a and on a in a commercial way and and you're doing all this other stuff I just think it's kind of like a lame thing to do I think it's kind of a cash grab and it's like a you know I understand that it is hard out there I mean I know more than anybody yeah. you know cuz I live like out of a backpack but that's the good life because that makes you realize how much material things just do not matter you know I go home and I'm like what is all this stuff man (laughs) the things you start to own own you and and and, uh, and, uh, it's just I think it's I think it's good for everybody to kind of experience something something like that you know but but we as far as the you know like what I was saying about you know the 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 financial end of, of it yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah. But, you know, we, we go out and we want, we pride ourselves on putting on the best performance that we can. We want to entertain people. We have great merchandise. And if that's how, that's our Kickstarter. We're going to go work for it. You know, it's like we, we pride ourselves on, on, on the presentation speaks for itself. And that will carry us to, on to survival, you know. Um, yeah, I told Andrew, I said, you guys have got like the most extensive t-shirt I mean it's just you've got a, a lot of stuff it's yeah. not like well here's our album buy it or don't and here's two shirts and a hatch it's yeah. like I mean it's really broad he's like yeah we didn't even bring it on yeah no we didn't we didn't yeah. we're trying to hold some stuff back you know honestly but but um, I mean that's my thing you know if you can't make it on your own and you need that much help you kind of start need you need to rethink what you're doing because you know there's you know, there's I, 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 I learned that there's there was more millionaires made in America during the Great Depression uh, more than any other time in history, like per volume, because there was like when everybody else was freaking out, other people were like figuring out, okay, what do people need? See you the know, I'm, here. I'm in it for survival, and I'm gonna make it. So here's here's what I have to do and that's the thing everybody has great ideas you just have to act on them and yeah. that's the thing a lot of people don't and a lot of musicians are lazy you know I get that you know and there's a lot of really artistic people out there that function on a different level their art's great but they need handlers you know they yeah. need somebody to, to they need some focus on some other end you know I get that and I'm trying to be the guy who's in the middle you know I'm trying to have have both of those things and at the end of the day it's when it gets hard you know handling a lot of business because you just want to I just want to be I just want to sing you know yeah, and I just want to rock, rock. Just yeah I just want to rock you know but it's getting it's getting better it's getting to that level and you know we're, we're able to hire people to help us you know and, and have somebody like Andrew who's on the team yeah. you know he's really like another member of the band and that's what you want you want to have a strong a strong team around you you know because success is, is you're only as good as your guys are it's like a sports team you know yeah, what I'm saying? Not you can, individual. you know, like Michael. You can have Michael Jordan, but I mean, he that guy had an amazing supporting cast. You know, at UNC and in Chicago. You know, I mean, really, really, there was a lot of lean years where he was scoring 70, 60, 70 points a game and, and losing. You know, so you're only as good as your guys are. You That's know? good and point. Yeah, it is, and everybody has to have their role. You know. Yeah. So, 
Carpus summer. You're mm-hmm. Clearly, you're going to Europe. Yeah. Um, Anvil. Mm-hmm. I mean, so when did you write an album? I mean, when does it happen? Does you it know, happen like <laughs> it starts when you're like you know? It's hard, man. It's hard. You think you can ride on the road, but it's just you can't. You yeah. Um, uh, you had some time off in between. We like, did have some time off after the after the, last after the year, Mexico tour. Yeah. We had some time off, and, and we were we were spending you know every day in, in our studio. You know, and we treat it like a day job. We clock in in the morning. You know, and just, essentially, it's not time yeah. off. Then it's like yeah. it's off the road. But yeah, you're still we never on. take we never take time off. It's not it's anything we're interested in doing. I think. We have when we started the band, we had a seven-year plan. So we're in year four now, and we're way ahead of where we wanted to be. So now we're making a lot of different adjustments. So I think in we in twenty twenty, we're gonna take a. I think we're probably gonna take a year off and just off. Sit just down, just off. Yeah. Nice. And see what's going on. I you know we we have a, another after this record, we'll have two more albums on our contract. So we'll probably do. I think the plan. I mean, I can't speak for it now, but I I mean, looking ahead, you know, we have the EP, and we didn't we didn't like re-record all those songs and throw them on a record like most bands would. That kind of stands on its own as its own release. Yeah. But after album number, after full length number four, you know, I don't know if we would be, I don't know when the next time we would do another full length album is. You know, (laughs) just looking at the history and the patterns of bands that I love, like those first records are usually where it's at. You know, and like and like you know. I feel bad for these bands that have to go out. They make a new record every, every two years or so, and they they can they can play one or two songs maximum live off it. And then on the next album cycle, you know, that album is just history. Like you never hear anything, you know. And with the way the industry is going, you know, I don't know. I mean, metal fans are always album fans, but I would like to see the band move in a different direction at that point in our career, where I would like to focus on just putting out a single like a vinyl single of like a great song focus all of our energy and like here's the song or a couple songs that we we're writing now like this year and we're yeah. gonna tour off and then play the hits you know I mean that would make sense to me instead of an That's album cool. full of filler you know like let's really put you know when you could put your focus into one song I mean a lot of bands do that like if you you know there's some great songs that have been on like movie soundtracks and stuff like that really songs that are really focused at the, at the moment you, you kind of put it all in yeah. I think I think that's a good approach, and I think that's kind of where the music industry is going. As far as you know, I think the album is dying. It's not a dying art, but I just think it's it's. I think it's more on its on its way out. You know, the descending art. Yeah, you know, I just think like for consumers, I think it's out. I don't think it's out for the idea of people making them. I think I think for the consumer, it's it's on its way out. I think you know, you can buy one, you can buy track four off of iTunes, right? Or, whatever or you, you can not to. buy anything and just listen to your favorite song. You know, you can, people listen to stuff on YouTube. They want to hear a song. You know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, that's not definite, but that's kind of that's kind of the way that I I see it going, and 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 you know I don't want to be a band with twenty one albums, studio albums. I just don't. I mean, I don't I don't think I have that in me for with one project. You know, to yeah. to to just well, it's tough. You know, I mean, we've evolved a lot with Armand. If, even though Brent and I wrote, and Dustin wrote the this last album, we wrote the songs for it. And Armand came in and. and just made it better you know um so it's definitely you know it's an evolution of night demon but it still has you know you can't change too much overnight you know you can't that's like some inventions some things that people like invent that they're like they don't catch on until like you know a decade later they're like oh we can use that now you know too much of a shift yeah yeah you can't do that yeah you can't you can't you have to gradually gradually do it but do you you like Record a riff and then think of lyrics later, or is there like because yes, well, blood yes. Sacrifice, it's just more of a con. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a con- you wouldn't call it a concept album, right? But it's got no, a storyline. No. I don't know what you'd call it, but it's more of a soundtrack to that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I there are some songs like like Screams in the Night is directly re- written for that first issue, yeah. like like directly. But generally, the lyrics come after the music because I'm more of a music guy too. But lately, like on this new record, I wrote a couple songs where the lyrics came first. It's interesting to write around it like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool. It's, it's, if you can do it, it's cool. And I've always wanted to do a concept record, but, you know, unless you're going to make Mind Crime, I mean, it's hard to make, man. It's hard. Most bands that try and do that, they get like 75% of the way, and then there's a couple songs that kind of stray off the path. Yeah. Uh, it's just tough to do. So yeah, so maybe in the future singles and EPs and stuff like that, you know, we'll, I'd love to do something like that, you know. Let it go. Yeah, but it's like it's 
it's cool to write individual songs. It's hard to write, I mean, just to even write a story, you know, and then make it interesting with music. Make it intelligible, just exactly. so you can track what's going on. So. Yeah, that's really hard because, especially like in, in music, like certain, you know, not a lot of lyrics will make, like when you read them without the content, without listening to it, you're, you, you might not make a lot of sense. You know, certain vowel sounds sound good in a certain way and they sound more musical. Mm-hmm. So you have to change words here and there. You can't really be that literal, you know, like, then he went and did this, and then, you know, imagine, you know, then, you know, the sword pierced his heart, and then he fell to the ground, and, you know, I mean, you have to, you have to break that up in a poetic way. Yeah, it just represents a couple of panels on the comic book. Yeah, right? exactly. You get the point of what I'm saying, right? exactly. I don't have to spell it out for you guys. You're a clever audience. Exactly. So, that's kind of a cool tie-in, though. I mean, did that... Were you already in the process of doing the album, and then a little bit, yeah, because came into yes, it, or was it yes, like- yes, because we had a few songs, you know, before that that ended up on the album. Like we had a few of the songs on the album were, were very early creations of the band, okay. um, but not lyrically yet. So, so we kind of themed it based on the story. And we have, I mean, this is just issue one is out. We have the entire hundred page script of, of what it what the story was and we, we really got down and you know with the author I mean we influenced a lot of what he did we he made a lot of changes based on what we were we were doing I mean the whole story had changed you know so yeah it was almost cool. like collaboration it's a the, total collaboration oh, okay. and we totally worked together on it so that's what was a cool thing that's about really it. cool okay. yeah. I didn't know it was simultaneous production oh yeah yeah for uh, sure so for sure that's awesome yeah so I wanted to ask you about um Patches last night, you have to search for metal cares. Uh-huh. Like that's a thing you kind of is. is there's what is there like an event that like turned that thing on? Because a lot of metal bands, I mean, people do stuff, but yeah. it's a very visible way to do something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna make merch for it, and I'm gonna do these things. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a time when uh, we saw a lot of bands like I don't want to say ripping off their audience, but like really capitalizing on some dumb things like paid meet and greets and 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 stuff like that you know i like how the bigger bands do it like if you're a member of the fan club you have access to possibly getting making that happen yeah. with purchase of your ticket or something it's not an additional thing but now you got all these people are doing it like it's an additional thing and i'm like man i mean can't you just make a put on a better show and start drawing more people like there's other ways to to make money that you know I don't know it's not all about money but a lot of people are money driven I understand and money's important you need money um, and, and, and when you have value to what you do you can charge for it and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong at all but we wanted to just do the complete opposite at that point and yeah. just be like hey you know what like there's so many people that are way worse off than us and bands that are way worse off than us you know um, even though we're continually broke, it's crazy. Like we'll 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 start tours and be in the hole so bad, but know what our net worth is. That we're like, okay, we know what this is going to do. We know what's already guaranteed, and we know what's potentially going to happen on the back end. Yeah. So we always roll the dice, and we're fine, you know. And then what we do is instead of us going out and buying nice things we put the money back into the band and get more production and get bigger and grow the thing instead of just going out with the same old show every time you know? yeah. so anyway with the Metal Cares thing we wanted to do something charitable so there was an organization called Merch Relief there was just there was a big um, natural disaster in the Philippines and so they were looking for clothes clothing and stuff mm-hmm. so we thought well you know instead of a uh, you know, trying to push our merch all the time and stuff like that. Let's let's give them some merch. So we started giving them Night Demon merchandise. Yeah. So you know, poor people in other countries are are also promoting the band, Rocking and we're helping them. That's cool. So that's a better cross promotion than than you know just trying to get money for nothing. You know, um, but we. You know, and another thing, I mean, we we put a high value on on our merchandise. You know, a lot of ba- a lot of bands always run discounts on the merch stores and stuff like that. Like we've never done that. I don't think we ever will. Like we, our stuff, our merch is always worth something, and it's fan friendly pricing. Like we don't overcharge for it. So you, know? say you don't have to yeah. discount it when it's we don't. Reasonable. We I mean, don't. Yeah, we don't. And there's you know there's certain items that haven't sold in like. Oh, they or that have been there in the store for two years, but 
but haven't sold out but they eventually do you yeah. know and it, it does have a value so so for us to donate our that kind of that that stuff that has value for us yeah. to other people that have nothing really kind of had an impact on us personally yeah. so at that point we had decided to put a brand on it which was metal carriers yeah. which is what we, we do you know so and and it's something that we would like to grow and push on push forward to other bands and other organizations to become a part of so in the last few years we've done a campaign for the ymca because they sponsor they sponsor a lot of uh underprivileged people in the community like they do um um um, I just don't want to make y'all late. No. Oh, no, no, we're good. We're good. We're going to get a roll. Um, but uh, but they, um, they give a lot of scholarships to people that don't, you know, that, you know, to use the facilities there. They do a lot of things. It's not just a gym, you know. There's child care. There's all kinds of stuff involved with it. Um, so it's a good organization for us, you know. And, and they do stuff for us, too. I mean, you know, Dustin got a scholarship. He was a he, when he moved out to California to play music. You know, he was living in a car for a year and a half, so he had nowhere to shower or anything. You know, and he gave it all up for rock and roll. He had a really good job in Philadelphia, and he just just went for it. You know, and so we're you know we're giving a lot back to that organization too. But we do an exclusive T-shirt every year, yeah. and we run a campaign for a month. And it's crazy. The one drawback we have from it as a band is every year it's like our best merchandise. It's the stuff we put out, and we make it exclusive just for that. And we always look at it and go, man, I wish that design was just in regular circulation. It would be a huge hit, you know? So, but we're working with some other organizations too. We're doing like an animal rights thing next year, and and, uh, we're trying to expand it, you know? We're definitely trying to expand it, but there's nothing there's nothing better than doing something for somebody else. You know, it makes you feel good, and and it's like, at the end of the day, it's kind of it's kind of cool. You know, it, it and the other thing too is when you're doing stuff like that, other people really get behind it, man. They'll come out of nowhere and yeah. donate, or they'll help you out with it. You know, and and it's just a good thing. And again, you know, like I'm not gonna lie, it is good cross promotion for the band, but we're using our popularity as a band to do something good for somebody else if you're just a guy on the street asking for that it's really it's a lot more difficult it's to a tougher do. sell it is it is so so I'm stoked on it you know there's, it's something that we, we will always carry on even I think I think that will carry on as longer than the band does <laughs> you know, to be honest you yeah. set it up and let it grow right? yeah so absolutely absolutely but it's funny sometimes how how the public you know, people will rally behind stuff like that, but it's funny how many people don't. It's it's like they just like whoa, like they're even afraid. You know, when I see stuff like that, you know, on social media, I'll give it a like, I'll give it a share, all this stuff, and most likely I'll donate. But if I can't, I won't. But I'll still promote it. I'll still do it in that way. Yeah. And it's funny, you'll be like, all right, we're playing with, you know, we're doing this show with Saxon, and everybody's like, you know, oh hell yeah, awesome. And then like, hey guys, we have the most amazing merchandise we're trying to help people that have nothing you'll get a few people like right on right on you know like okay i'm on board you know it's like don't be afraid of that people don't be afraid you don't we're not you're not obligated to do anything but but spread that that message to other people that's all you need to do you know that's payment in itself that's that's advertising for somebody that will you know we don't there's so many people out there that that there's all this GoFundMe stuff right now I have three friends at home right now that have been in like terrible accidents that are trying to raise money for medical bills and stuff bands are doing benefit shows like there's a lot of people out there that need stuff and now there's ways that they can get it and and communities that will support them so you can't you can't give you can't donate to everything, you know. I uh, totally that's, that's, the, that's the hard yeah, part about it. You can't, but. but there's nothing wrong with spreading the word about that, you know. But so you put it out there. Yeah, I mean that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a platform. Yeah, so absolutely, it's, it's absolutely. As opposed to just saying that. But our diehard fans, they really do support that every year, so that's cool. And I think they 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 just like the band, you yeah. know. I mean, they want to have the band stuff, you know, and. Um, but it's cool, you know, the organizations that we work with, I mean, it's it's official, you know. They send out letters and stuff and they like it's it's a legitimate thing. Yeah. You know? So that's where we're at with that. Hashtag metal cares. There it is, there it is. Cool. Yeah. Alright, so I know you guys do have parole. That's right. right. It's been like a long time. Uh, that's okay. So 
Um, I can talk for days, sorry. I, I was going to say, I could talk to you all day. We missed the show. Uh, we play at midnight as well. Yeah. yeah, but you got loaded. Yeah, right? yeah, you got yeah. So, but, um, and it's your, like, a flowers away. But I'll just ask the last thing, which yeah. is, like, so you got the summer is booked, uh-huh. and then... What happens after that? Is it now? Now it's lyric album time, and you got to put that. Yeah, so we have to put some finishing touches on the record in August when we come home. Um, We want to add some color and some candy here and there, you know, and and make sure it's good. We're we're also it's not mixed. Uh, I think Jay Rustin, who did the last Anthrax record, and Armored Saint, he's going to do it. So we have to get with him and and make sure that's good. Master the record. The artwork is being done at the moment, so we have to. We'll hand them the materials at the by the end of September. Um, so for a January 2017 release, we're gonna do Frost and Fire, our festival, early October. We're gonna take the rest of October off, and then November we're going to South America for three weeks, and then we're doing Mexico tour with Skull Fist. Nice. And December we'll be home, get ready to gear up for the whole new touring cycle. January we'll do a support tour with Bullet in Europe. Okay. And then in February we're doing the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise, oh, and awesome. yeah, uh, I think it's going to Nassau this year, so that's cool. Um, Steve Harris lives on that island, so hopefully I'll uh, try and stalk him. Uh, you, and the, you and the whole crew, <laughs> yeah, right? right, right. <laughs> um, then after that, we'll most likely do a support tour in the states for the record for probably about a month, uh, like in this early spring, late winter, early spring of next next year. Then we'll be going to Europe to do Keep It True, uh, Up the Hammers, and Muscle Rocks, like a six-week European tour. We'll come back in the summer, and then we'll be doing, I think, we'll probably do an East Coast run, a headlining run, or the eastern half of the States in Mm -hmm. June for the new record. And then we do festivals in Europe July and August, and then we'll do... We'll do Frost and Fire again, 2017, and then the western half of the states. We're probably going to bring Black Trip over from Sweden to support. So that's the next year. And then 2018, we'll see. So Just talk your way yeah. through an entire calendar year. You have to think forward. You know, you have to think about stuff like that. And, and you know, opportunities come up, you know. They definitely do. And then you have to make judgment calls. Um, we've can't. I, the only thing we've ever canceled was we had to cancel Headbangers Open Air this summer, but we promised them we'd make it up to them next year because we had to take this carcass tour. We're already going to be in Europe for five weeks, yeah. and we didn't have a lot of shows surrounding that. Yeah. Um, and the money, the money was good, but it wasn't enough to warrant you know being out there for so long, long. You know, so, so, um, so, and I think the Carcass Tour is a great opportunity for us here in the states, and it really makes our footprint a lot bigger here. You know, because as you know, I mean, we work the states a lot yeah. because we're from here; it's our country. But it's uh, we need to. We would love to play on in front of the more mainstream or extreme audience as well, and just show them what we do. You know, and. And I think I'm confident it'll translate. That's you know, a good deal. Especially live. You know, especially live. I mean, I'll, I'll come to Richmond. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not coming, they're not coming yeah, here, but right, Richmond right. is the closest one. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's you do seem it's a different, uh, as you say, a completely different crowd. Absolutely. Uh, but in, in olden days, it felt like, you know, you could have a band like that that's out of place that would just get booed off the stage. Right, right. right. I was like, I, that's, I think it's like, I no, think it's way this more is going to work now. fine. It's way this is going to be cool. People, if they don't like it, they'll take, go get a beer. If they're curious about it, they'll be like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go check and, this out. You know, out. we're playing at 7.30 every night. So, like, the 300 diehard fans will be up at the front anyway, and yeah. they'll just have to sit through it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. But we got a good set list for it. You I guys mean, convinced, though. It's not like, uh, me, I mean. Oh, yeah. We're taking no prisoners. Yeah. Trust me, yeah. I mean, I'm totally, totally confident in what we do, and and there's no way you can't hate. You're not gonna hate it. You know? no. Yeah. No, you, may, yeah. <laughs> you may not be on board, but I mean, so you're yeah. gonna modify this tour set list and scrunch it down and just. Roll oh it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a much more it's, it's a much more in your face kind of deal, but but it's good, you know. It's good. Oh, so. Easy one play save me now. Yeah, I'm sorry, but hey, at, right. at least at least you know we're doing it on this tour, and, and we uh-huh. will we will keep that in the set. But yeah, so that, it was fun playing that last night. I saw some people like, oh, whoa, they're playing this song. Yeah, because like, yeah, it comes up early in the set because you well, got we'll the whole you album, got the in, album reverse. in reverse. And you know, it's like, the album's yeah, it's great. Cool. The sequence is great on when you listen to the record, but live it, it climaxes more when you go when you go backwards. It does. You know? so, it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a nice ending when you're listening to, to that one. But yeah, like absolutely. at the end when one scratch, like, oh, that's right, it screams the nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like that's like almost encore time. Yeah, so. totally. 
All right, any closing thoughts? Um, yeah, closing thoughts. The rule of the game, the rule of life, again, is I think responsibility and 100% commitment to anything it is that you do. If you love sweeping the streets, like just be the best at that, you know? There's a lot of naysayers in the music industry right now. Everybody's running away from it. You know, they're scared, they're complaining, they're boo-hoo, this and that, the world is over, people are stealing music. You know, you can't look at it that way. If you're involved in it, just be the best at it and figure out new and creative ways to do things, you know? This is the Wild West, man. You know, I want, and this is, these are important times, you know, and we're here to win. You know, people are going to talk about this years from now. They're going to talk about these times and the people that hung in there yeah. and the people that made it great, you know, and and it's going to be important. You know, the legacy is, is, is more important. What you leave on the earth is much more important. You know, I've never seen a U-Haul pulling or a hearse pulling a U-Haul. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ever. You know? Yeah. All like, that stuff. You know, Thomas Jefferson died bankrupt. You know, it's like you have to be, it's all about the legacy that you leave behind. You got to live for today and you have to make today great because there might not be tomorrow. I know that's cliche, but it's very true, you know, and you have to, you have to take care of the people that, that you, that you surround yourself with. You have to treat everybody with respect and love and, you really just gotta go for it. If you have a passion in life, just go. Take a, you know, just just jump. You know, you gotta just jump without a net. You have to. It's the only way to do it. I had a job that I hated for years. I managed this company, and I had so much responsibility. And I never. I was so depressed, though. You know, I never thought touring for me was a recreational thing. And I never thought that I would, you know, I was like, I, I just got sucked into it. You know, oh, I should have, I don't have any skills. I should have went to college. I should have done this and that, you know, but I realized just the entrepreneurial spirit in me and, and just, you know, the passion that I have for what I do, you know, it's just second to none. And I, and I, and I'm constantly striving to be the best at what I do. And when you're the best at what you do, you know, even in a recession, you're not getting fired. If you're the best at what you do, you don't lose your job. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. You, it's a, it just doesn't happen. You have again, it comes with responsibility. You always have to look within. You always have to say, "There's a reason why things happen to you in your life," and usually it's because of something you did or didn't do to create that. So you have to just put your head down and, and go for it and, and stay involved in it and stay present with it and then you lift your head up years later and I mean Night Demon's a young band a younger band like yeah. we're, we're a newer band but still in the last three four years I look at it and I'm like holy shit like this way, is man. insane this is crazy like like just 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 to be you know and have your heroes you know I'm in my mid 30s okay you know I've been playing music for over 20 years there's you know, a lot of people got to thirty in, in my in my group of friends, and they gave up and they switched over. Didn't happen. And, Do something else. Yeah, and it's like that just was not an option for me, and I'm glad it wasn't because now I'm prepared and I'm I'm ready for this. You know, like and when I was doing it in my twenties, I mean, I may I still make mistakes, but now I can learn from them. You know, and yeah. not complain about them. You know, now I can learn from them. Don't and, and complain, don't repeat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, and so, so that's that's what that's my closing there, my closing thoughts, and my feelings to anybody that that listens. It's it's all about what you want to do with your life. You know, you have the power to do it, and there's plenty of opportunity. There's room for everybody. You know, people think, oh, that's been done, or, or you know, like it's not a good idea because I'm thinking of it. You know, it's like that's not true, man. That's not true. Most people think of things that are way outside of their industry and become successful at it. It's all about executing it and just not giving up on it. There's roadblocks. There's always going to be struggle. There's going to be crisis that happens probably once every three months in your life but it's all about how you deal with it like it's all part of the game that is so how it's meant to be you know whatever higher power there is it's it's like it's part of the story like nothing anything that's going to come super easy to you is not going to be worth it anyway you know it's just like there's no there's no there's no you you can't really take a lot of pride and in, in stuff that's just constantly given to you yeah. you know so that's it that's, that's awesome that's a perfect conclusion <laughs> dude thank you so pretty cool interview, some interesting stuff in there. 
Uh, even back in 2016, they were talking about releasing 7-inch singles with uh, covers as the B-sides. And I found it pretty funny uh, back in 2016 in this interview, Jervis says that in 2020, they might take a year off. So little did they know that they would be forced to take a year off. Uh, I thought that was funny. Anyway, next week, we have our 100th episode of the podcast. So I'm putting together something pretty cool. I'm going to do a retrospective of all my favorite clips and moments for 100 episodes of Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. It's pretty crazy how fast that 100 episodes went. Anyway, until next time, this is Nesbit signing off. Thanks for listening to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Head over to nightdemon.net, click on the subscriber tab, and sign up to access exclusive weekly bonus content. If you would like to donate to support the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, you can do so through PayPal at paypal.me slash nightdemonmetal. Additionally, if you have not already done so, please subscribe, like, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. All hail, Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast listeners. This is Dusty Squires chiming in to tell you about my brand new signature sticks from the London Drumstick Company. I've dreamt of having my very own drumsticks ever since I was a wee lad, and LDC made that a possibility for me. Founded in 2016 in London, England, the birthplace of heavy metal, the London Drumstick Company has trailblazed a path through the music industry and taken the drummer world by storm. When I met them for the first time, they knew their product was going to withstand the beatings of a Night Demon show. They took the time to work with me on getting everything just right. The balance and weight of my sticks are the same no matter what, and the durability is bar none the best I've ever had. I know my sticks will last through the set night after night. I'm truly honored to work with a company that caters to their players the way LDC does. Their innovation and attention to detail is what separates them from the rest of the stick makers out there. Their custom stick sleeves are unbelievable and really make the entire presentation complete. Wait until you see the design they came up with for me. It blew my mind and was a surprise to say the least. They have all kinds of amazing swag, including hoodies, t-shirts, drummer shorts, drum keys, stick bags, towels, face masks, practice pads, and much, much more. Even if you're not a drummer, you can be a part of Demon History and order my brand new signature sticks direct from their website. How cool is that? And to top it off, the London Drumstick Company are giving an exclusive offer to the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast listeners. Go to londondrumsticks.co.uk and receive a 15%, 15% store-wide discount using promo code DEMONSTICKS. All capital letters, no spaces, DEMONSTICKS. D-E-M-O-N-S-T-I-C-K-S. I can't thank everyone there enough for the opportunity to be a part of their family and for them trusting me with their amazing products. See you metal maniacs on the road very soon. And yes, the wood chips will be flying. Greetings, boils and ghouls. This is your comrade, the Crypt Keeper here, reporting dead from the sanctuary of the strange. Tonight's macabre myth is a fright-filled feature one overflowing with monsters, madness, and magic. <laughs> Visit our website 
at monstersmadnessandmagic.com to stay up to date on all the dark dealings within the sanctuary of the strange. Enjoy the show. Hey Metalheads, I'm Mark and I host Metal Forge. Let me tell you about the show. The Metal Forge features the best underground metal from all over the world. We spend every week with a different artist with interviews, in-depth conversations, and most of all, the music. We also feature audience interactivity where you can submit your questions to the upcoming guests. New episodes are out every Friday at noon Eastern Time at MetalForgeRadio.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Want to know what's going on in the world of music? Then tune in to the Nothing Shocking Podcast, a non-genre-based, all-ages-friendly rock and roll program. Join us weekly for interviews with all your favorite rock stars from the mainstream to the underground. You can find us at nothingshocking.libsyn.com or anywhere you download podcasts. Okay, Metalheads, you've been complaining that there has not been a channel that plays all of the heavy metal videos from past, present, and future for years and years at this point. Well, that time is over. Heavy Metal Television is back. HeavyMetalTelevision.net is the website. Go there. You can see videos playing 24-7, 365, all the time. All the best from the old school, the new school, and everything in between. Check it out. HeavyMetalTelevision.net. It is where the metal is. <laughs> 